everyone, Madeline Dell here, the Chapter Goddess. I am a mom, author, blogger, freelancer, podcaster, producer, and overall creative. With this show, I really want to focus on creative and bring their authentic self to life. How are they motivated to pursue their passion? What have been the struggles along the way? Does self-care play an important role in who they are today and how they connect with the creative flow? Bringing one's authentic self to the forefront is important in this world that we live in currently. Sharing your self-care, your tips, and how you stay on track for things without losing it completely is also important. Self-care is not talked about enough, and authenticity and self-care are what I like to highlight with my creatives, as well as getting to know them. So, get ready for a fun and entertaining show. Hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and let's get ready to meet this episode. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Chapter Goddess. I have a fun creative for you guys to meet today, and we've been chatting beforehand, so I know this is going to be a great conversation. Um, (laughs) Don't forget to hit that like button while you're here. Subscribe if you haven't, and let's go ahead and dive on in. Let me bring in our guest. Hey, hey. Hi, it's great to be here. I love your introduction. I was like, Thank wow. you. There's so it much to so learn. Fun. Like, I love the upbeat music and it kind of brings in the happiness and joy just automatically. But it does. go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure, I'd be happy to. And again, thank you for letting me be on your show. It's quite an honor. And for all those uh, listening and watching, my name is uh, Diane Floyd Bame, and I um, am a former educator in the classroom. And now I write children's books, and I have my first young adult historical fiction book out. And guess where it takes place? In Oklahoma. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. And she says that because we're both pretty much for Okies, like <laughs> by blood. Yeah. I was raised in Texas, but uh, I mean, I have so many cousins there. I'm always up there. Yes, it's awesome. It's a great, great, fun state. And I it actually was born state. in Texas and then oh. we moved to Oklahoma. So it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but let's go ahead and dive in and start talking about your latest children's book. It's Charlie in the Tire Suite. Yes, that's correct. So Charlie and Tire Swing is really precious to me. Actually, all my stories are because I end up, each one has such a special message. And um, for Charlie, what I really wanted was um, to, this is Charlie and the Tire Swing and how it began. And I wanted to um, have a book that's intergenerational so that when you read the story and the and you're reading it to your um, loved one, that um, they're like, wait, wait, there's a grandpa and a great grandpa. And now you're telling me there's a great, great grandpa. 
um, do I have all that? You know, and so a family history becomes alive with their own children. And I love it now when I get an email and someone says, so my child's having me make a family tree. And I'm like, yes, because that's important to me. And, yes, and even, those. thank you. And um, so it's a, it's a multi-layer mm -hmm. story. And um, really the grade level, you know, third graders love it. Fifth graders love it because they also study family history in some of the schools in the curriculum. And, um, but the thing is, is that it's imagination. And, you know, it's really funny. I help bring technology in the classroom with the first computers and so forth. And now I'm going backwards. I'm like, we need to put these things down. We need to get unwired. And we just need to go out and look at the clouds and what do you see in the shapes and so forth. So um, Charlie and the Tire Swing is uh, based on when my son was a, a little one and he had lots of adventures on his tire swing. And he would say, Mama, Mama, come out with me. I'm going to go on an adventure. I'm going to be Dick Tracy today. And by the time he finished, you know, there was this whole story behind it and and. I thought, you know what? We we need books like that. And so yes. that's how Charlie came to be. <laughs> I love it because that's so true. I, as a mom myself, have really pushed my child to be more outdoorsy. Like, mm -hmm. let's go outside and play. I put time limits on his Kindle and stuff because a lot of kids are super attached to like their iPads or anything like that. I'm like, nope. We are not doing that. You're going to go play in the dirt, dude. Like, that's yeah. what we did growing up. Play in the dirt. Play with your sticks. Make some mud pies. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he, thankfully, he loves it because he yeah. also, you mentioned on the document that you like to garden, too. I've gotten mm -hmm. him involved in gardening and stuff. And there's a lot that kids can learn in that. And Oh, there's so much. Yeah, and it's, it's good that you brought that up because in Charlie um and how it began yeah what so what happens is he's charlie is the he he was sitting in his grandpa's kitchen mm -hmm. and in the kitchen windows one of these long rectangular yeah. windows and you can see this massive oak tree mm -hmm. and so he says to grandpa jack how did that tree get so big and Cranball Jack makes some hot chocolate and tells a story. And that's how you get all the inner, the generations. Yeah. And so he shares how his grandpa uh, had an acorn in his, from his great grandpa. <laughs> so Aww. you have to follow. Yeah. And so in the story, you see the different seasons and grandpa Jack is all worried. Cause he's like, nothing's happening. And, and now it's cold outside and nothing's happening. And, yeah. and he says his grandpa kept telling him, just be patient. A lot of magic is happening, you know, and spring comes and then up pops a little, bit of the tree right and so again it shows the kids you know seasons beautiful things take time and so by you gardening you know that that's what kids are learning yeah patience and beauty and miracles right oh yeah he loves 
because we've got we started the seeds and stuff early like in the house and then mm -hmm. moved them out so we've already got plants that are trying to fruit like the squash and stuff i planted mm -hmm. is already trying to fruit mm -hmm. i'm like not yet not yet <laughs> so we've got to learn a little bit about like pruning and like mm -hmm. like different types of soil conservation and what types of soils are better for different things it's just been a lot of fun oh, but yeah, and so i cool. love that you tie the generational stuff into it because i've actually with the gardening thing my grandpa, which is his great grandpa, has mm. a huge garden every year. And like my great grandparents before that, I remember playing in theirs. They had like a whole like two acres, just all of it was garden. Oh, stuff. how lovely. Um, and that's kind of like been passed down. And I feel like it's kind of passing down to him because my grandpa will take and like walk him through the garden and point out stuff. And it's just it's so it's cool. That is so cool and so precious. Yes. Happy memories. It is. So Charlie is with his grandparents and he's learning about where the tree started and yeah. tire swing, something that, which grandpa, which grandpa put the tire? So that's what, that's what's really cool. And thank you for asking. So of course he goes home, you know, mm -hmm. and comes back and visits on the weekend and so forth. But after he finishes the story, he says, come on out with me. So Charlie and his grandpa go out to the garage and there's an old tire and then they go back out to the tree and grandpa Jack shares with him like, now it's your turn to have adventures and the tire swing goes up for the first time. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the story continues with him yeah. and the tire swing and his adventures. Correct. And I'm working on, so now what I really like to do is uh, write some easy reader books yeah. so that, um, young kids who fell in love with the story and Charlie now as they're learning how to read and I used to teach I think I told you earlier preschool and kinder that um you know I'm looking at all the different sight words to make sure I have them yes. and so forth and uh and just have fun easy reading for first readers to have and small adventures and their little short stories and and uh, I, I want it to not only make it fun for reading but also for the kiddos to go, I think I'm going to go outside now and have an adventure too, mama. <laughs> yes, that does. Because it really inspires them when they hear those stories. They want to go now and do the yeah. adventure now. Like not, yeah. not like plan it out. They're like, yeah. no, we go now. Now. Hey, right. let's go. Let's go do let's this. Go. Yeah, exactly. What so. is the process like from start to finish when creating a children's book? Another excellent question. You know, for everyone, it's different. So I've learned now in the author world that I'm a pantster, which means I don't sit there and outline. Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, I get an idea and I just let it, you know, sort of fester in my brain and kind of grow. And then all of a sudden it just comes to me and it might be in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Might be when I'm washing dishes, you know, uh, whenever. Um, but uh, then I sit down, and uh, sometimes if I'm on the road, it's pen to paper, and other times it's on the computer. And I write the story, just write the story, and then I go back and edit and look at things, and until it, you know, it's like taking clay mm -hmm. and molding it. Is the way I like to think is I write it and I have this blob, you know, of words and then I shape and form it. So that's my process. I like it. <laughs> How long does it normally take when you complete like the manuscript for it to 
kind of go from there to the printer, like with all the il like illustrations and stuff? Oh, you really are good with your questions. I love <laughs> it because I, I want people to know it just doesn't happen overnight. Oh, so does. again, <laughs> for, yeah, for everyone, it's different. Mm -hmm. For me, um, you know, I'll be thinking about, and I never use the same illustrator. Um, I like to use a variety of people depending on the what I'm trying to get across. But I also like to give opportunities for people who have always wanted to illustrate, but they didn't know how to get started. And I like to think if I've been blessed, I want to turn around and open those doors for others. And so I use different illustrators. And, um, and so for some illustrators, they can just pop those things out. But generally, it'll take, you know, almost a year. So, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm still writing while they're doing their thing and sharing stuff. And, you know, you have to work with the editor and the, the publisher and so forth. So, yeah, it takes a team to make a book happen. And it, it, that's something a lot of people, like you mentioned, they don't see that back work. No, and, and you're absolutely right. And and I've won several awards for almost all my books. And um, people, when I go and say thank you, you know, I make sure every single person is credited because that book would not have created the magic if it hadn't been for the illustrator, if it hadn't been for the publisher, if it hadn't been for the person who figured out the best way to lay it out, you know, the person who's the layout design person. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want them to know that this is our award. <laughs> yes. So that's important to me. It is. And it, I love that you bring them into it because they do have a piece in that book that mm -hmm. made it happen. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. And then I thank the angels for giving me the story. That's important to me as yes. well. That so. green flow to create yeah. it. That is yeah. so amazing. On top of writing your children's book and the historical fiction, you are also part of a radio show, right? That is correct. It's a live streaming, you know, live stream TV is mm -hmm. live streaming is going sort of TV. So it's a USA Global TV and radio. Yeah. And um, it's pretty cool. I um, am on three shows at the moment and um, it's global, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um so I have the corner bookstore where I do something similar to you. I co-host it with Dr. Jacqueline because that's really fun. I enjoy co-hosting. Yeah. And um, and we have different authors on. And then we just started another one called, um, which actually you should come be on it. It's called Once Upon a Time. We're thinking of looking into a, a new title, but we'll see. And that's for anyone that has something to do, not just with books, mm -hmm. but with creativity, with children, so we could have a one-stop shop for parents to go to to get ideas, whether it's clothes, toys, music, books, etc. So I'm I'm really excited to see where that goes. It just started, and then I do this other show that it just absolutely love. You know, I'm totally American. I enjoy all the royal stuff going on. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so we we had the UK news and culture show mm -hmm. and there's four of us and three of them are from uh, one from Scotland and two from um, England. And they give us um, the updates on the royals as well as great things that are happening in the UK as a whole. And that's just a really fun show. And these um, um, and Dr. Jacqueline, co I mean, I'm her co-host. Uh -huh. And uh, that is just awesome to be a part of 
just so yes. awesome. How do you balance everything and continue to write? <laughs> Another good question. Well, I like, and one of these people, you know, like you've seen that little commercial with the battery, you know, the little yes. toys, like, you know, it dies. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, thank you, Lord. And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, I have this, la, 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 you know, and I don't even plan out my day because I like to see what happens naturally. I mean, I have some thoughts like, yes, I do need to pull those weeds in the garden or put the washing in, but, um, Anyway, uh, I um, I just go 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 because I feel like I feel like when a person is able to open their eyes and they've been blessed with another day, I want to make the most of it. I mean, I really believe this from the bottom of my heart because someone else didn't get to open their their eyes. You know, my mom, my dad, for instance, and I know they would love to have their eyes open. Um, and so, whatever I can do, where I can think about by the end of the day that I've done something that made somebody smile or, you know, touch someone's heart in some way yeah. um, that, you know, I've done something good. And then on top of that, if I finished a story or came up with a new one, whatever it is, or I'm learning how to, you know, taking art classes online or something, right. And I enjoy quilting. So I really try to, <laughs> I'm very eclectic. I really try to cram in as much as that I can learn on earth that I possibly can. I'm so. kind of the same way with that. Cause I mean, I do the art stuff, which mm -hmm. I've really picked up lately, just trying to incorporate more for my son. But yeah, like the whole quilting thing. And it's been a long time since I've done that, but I've picked up embroidery again because that's how my grandmother and great grandmother taught me to sew. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to teach my son because that's an important life skill. You got to occasionally fix clothing. So that is so true. And embroidery, yeah. it, my mom was so good at it that she tried teaching me. And I, I remember I was just about 10 years old. And I even told her this story. She's like, Time, you just do not embroider anything. Mama, I'll never forgive you for ripping all my stuff out. Because because she wanted to, her grandma, my great grandma, who from Oilton, Oklahoma, by the way, yeah. um, you know, said it has to be just as beautiful on the outside as on the inside. Oh so mama flipped my work over and it was not a pretty sight, even though the other <laughs> side looked pretty good. Right. And yeah. she goes, no, honey, that won't work. And oh. Out it went. And oh. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad my grandmothers were not that brutal, but I totally get that. Cause like there's some that are very, very like particular about their embroidery. And, and that's like, why it's so good, it's a, right? It's a fun thing though, when you don't make, <laughs> make it that important. <laughs> so, and my mom could knit and she knitted so well. So I took up crochet. <laughs> hey, there you go. That is something I've always wanted to try to do. I just haven't found the time to like sit down yeah. and do it because yeah. I kind of cram my schedule full like you do. So, yeah. yeah. But I can. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I, I was going to say I could tell you um, you have a lot of energy and a beautiful spirit. So it only makes sense, right? Yeah, it's a lot of creative energy kind of like yeah. has to come out in some way. I can't like contain it. Yes. So, and my son's got a lot of it too. It's, it's, I, it makes me happy to see him have the same kind of energy for, 
crafty, creative stuff as I do. Because my sister's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go stick over here, like, with my school stuff. And I'm going to do my doctorate and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Like, but. You know, like, and praise God for people like that. Because yes. uh, we need those doctors to fix us up and nurses, etc. So She's very focused but. on it. And I'm like, yeah. To go over yeah. here and write another book. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's crazy to see that you've got so much that you're doing and accomplishing it. And like, it brings you. up another question about I like to ask all of my creatives about self care. Um, okay. How do you keep yourself mentally like flexible and stuff and in a good place to keep doing what you're doing? Self-care is so wonderful. And I really appreciated you talking about that in your intro. Yeah. And I actually have a daughter who does coaching all about self-care. So that's a thing that hits home in many levels. Mm -hmm. For me, um, ever since I can remember going for long walks, um, laying in the clouds and, you know, with my mom, you know, and dad, they really encourage imagination. So now as an adult, walks are important though not in the heat of the summer, let oh, me no, tell you. It's not going to happen in Texas. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> it's like AC all the way. Thank you, Lord, yeah. for letting me be born at this time that we like have AC. In Texas, it's brutal yeah. heat. Uh -uh, don't brutal. <laughs> brutal. But I love uh, gardening. And uh, I cracked up inside when you uh, mentioned earlier about um, having your kids go out and play. And I thought, what a good mama. And I'll... Uh, share a side note with you in and how important that is and it's part of self-care so um now where we live out sort of in the county um, we have a lovely creek that goes by and on my uh my son and his was little at the time and he had a maybe about fourth grade or so forth he had a friend over and they were just like nintendo or game boy whatever it was at the time you know playing 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 i thought you guys are going to go out and use your brain, you know, and have fun and discover things. we got a whole creek out there. I have five brothers. We would have killed to have had something like that, right? Yeah. So I take them outside and we walk to the creek. And all of a sudden there's a turtle, which is very rare. And so I said, well, we need to catch that turtle. And they're like, what? You know, and I'm like, Oh, Lordy, I've never touched a turtle in my life. My brothers are supposed to do that. And my brain's going 100 miles a minute. And I'm like, I'm going to pretend I'm Danny. And I'm going to pick up that turtle just the way he used to. So I picked up that turtle like it was no big deal to them. And all of a sudden, the boys are like, okay, I'll try it. You know, so, so then we, um, you know, we get something for the turtle, you know, to crawl around in and all this kind of stuff and then I uh they they have fun and then they get a little bored and my son's friend said has your mama had enough nostalgia so he can go back inside oh <laughs> <laughs> so I said well let's go put the turtle back in its home so it can swim to its mama as if I know right and so I said it's always important never to keep them and uh, we put it back and it swam away. But he uh, he he still talks about that day <laughs> catching his first turtle. <laughs> that is too funny. But like yeah. that is I remember doing that as a kid. And I guess because my my siblings and I, we kind of hit the like 
techie stuff late because we grew up in a rural part of our state, like rural mm-hmm. Oklahoma. So we spent a lot of time at the creek. I remember finding salamanders and catching crawdads <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. And like, exactly. that was the best thing. I mean, we had it. I remember we got a Nintendo at some point, but like, we'd rather go to the creek and like do stuff there just because like there was always something different and there was like you lift the rocks up and there's something crawling on the bottom of the rock so it's just absolutely and little doodle bugs and all that and so for me even to this day um going down to the creek or whatever and just seeing what's going on in the world right or you know if i see a little doodle bug crawling and I think oh you've lost your way I'll get a little stick and put it you know up on a leaf somewhere so it can be safe and that is sort of my self-care is just being with nature yes it's very refreshing and it Mm kind of cleanses the creative palette yeah and 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 then I didn't mean to cut you off and then of course I have to say being in the ocean going to the ocean even in the wintertime and just hearing the waves crashing in, um, people go, oh, Galveston is so ugly. But yeah, well, it's not clear blue, but it is sort of in this part where everything comes in at once in the Gulf of Mexico. But if that's where you grew up and that's your childhood memories, then for you, it's beauty because you held gorgeous memories from your family. And so, um, Hearing uh, the water, it's it's magical to me. Yes, no, I agree. I I think the few times I've got to go to Galveston, there was one of them. There was a lot of seaweed that had washed up, oh, yeah, because the currents had changed, or mm-hmm. I can't remember. But it's still like that being on the sand, hearing that water, feeling the breeze, and smelling the salt in the air. That's just the picture perfect of like relaxation, just a refresh. Oh so, man, yeah, that is so true. Yeah. And you can actually get in the water because it's yes. a bathtub yes. <laughs> when it's freezing sure. cold. Yes. Watch for jellyfish though. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, did have my true. first encounter with a jellyfish in Galveston when I was a kid. So that is not fun. <laughs> no, so crazy. Um, but to take us back to a little bit to the book and your creativity. You also have this amazing room behind you. Tell us more about that room and how it plays into your creativity. So this is the story garden. And um, before COVID, I was always having lots of authors come in and read their stories. I need to get back to that. But this is called the story garden. And let's see which way I got this way. That is a sunflower and it's three-dimensional actually. Even the leaf is three-dimensional. And the background is painted with some sand in it because I really wanted to have a lot of texture in the sky. So that was really fun. And uh, I'm really proud of that. So sunflowers, I love. I love what they stand for. There's beautiful songs about sunflowers. And uh, and then it was my daddy's favorite flower. And then it became my mom's. (laughs) Now it's mine. Um, But... um, the books that are behind me are all children's books. Um, there are some um, history books that I use. The books are either books that I had when I was little and my mom would read to me. And um, and then they go up to books that were our children's and hope, 
hopefully one day they'll put them in their library. I know my son's already taken quite a few and my daughter's like, don't you give away the books grandma gave me. So, <laughs> and, um, and then there's books that I, my books, as well as um, books that I have from friends who've written and so forth. So I call this the story garden. It's also the room of imagination. And this is where everything fun takes place. There's other fun like, book called A Time to Fly. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, no. A Time to Fly. Oh, um, tell me more about that one. Um, so Nancy Hoover is the illustrator for this one. And uh, both books came out about the same time. And this one, the Charlie's published by OC Publishing. And this uh -huh. one is by Texas Sister Press. And Time to Fly is based on something that really happened in our home Ooh. where... Um, some bird, bluebirds laid some eggs and we kept watching them and um, one bird didn't want to fly oh, and we watched this mama and daddy try to talk this bird into flying till finally it did and I was like you know what that's a story because yeah. even as adults have moments like oh my gosh, can I really do this right? Can I do this? Can I do this? And then oh my gosh, I'm doing it so that a parent, you know, or, or grandma, whomever, reading to their loved one, and the kid's like, yeah, I think I can't. And the grandparents like thinking, huh, maybe I will take that new job. I think this book was for me, right? And hey. So I I like to think that book is ageless for sure. Oh, um, yeah. The illustrations are gorgeous. And, mm -hmm. and the way the mom, I wrote it where the mama encourages the child that you can, you know, she tells a story about um how he was born and he just tells she just tells a tiny bit and says now flap one time and then she tells a little bit more and she goes now flap two times so when i'm reading it to the the young kids in school now that we can be back in schools um i get them to flap you know and pretty yeah. soon the kid the bird's like flapping it seeing itself go up and before you know it the bird takes off and then the bird you know it's like i knew i could do that right yeah that's that is awesome and i love how children's books do kind of speak to the parent too like when you're yeah. reading it to it because i've had that thought kind of like that not for like a job or something but for mm. something similar just reading a book to my son and he'll look at me like why why are you quiet mom I was like oh I'm sorry <laughs> we'll keep going like I just got lost in the thought and it's just it's crazy but I know it's crazy and you know a lot of people say oh children's books are just for children but I disagree I think a well-written children's book is multi-layer and the author is speaking to the adult as well. And we all can learn from it. And so I tell people, you know, go to the children's section, find out there might be the answer to your problem in one of those books, you know? Oh my gosh. So true. And even like at the library and stuff, they have them displayed where you can pick them out easier. And it kind of yes. gives the idea of the message of the book too. Right. That is true. Oh. And we, we need to make more use of libraries. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. And that's, I feel like I've kind of been pushing that with some of my posts and my blog stuff. I've been going and taking my son to the library because growing up, that's what we did, but we didn't have a huge children's section when I, where I grew up mm -hmm. and ours here is amazing for the mm -hmm. kids. And it's just, they've got like the little, little kids section. Then I like, 
a little bit later, like pre-K kindergarten section, and they've got the juvenile section, and it's just like they've got toys and like a little kitchenette and stuff and computers. Wow. And get on, and I'm just like, that's amazing. Wow. So yeah, and we just go up there. We'll go to read, or like yesterday we went and I taught him how to start looking at stuff on the computer to utilize their games and stuff. But yeah, mm -hmm. they're definitely undervalued, and there's so many great children's books. They are. And, and also when they get their very own library card, mm -hmm. I remember feeling so grown up having that card and, and taking the books by myself and handing them to the lady and she takes it and she's stamps, stamps, you know, and I'm like, I'm a big girl now. Yes. So now they scan them. And my son loves it. He, yeah, they too. They scan. It. Yeah. yeah. But just, that was fun to watch the stamp. Yes. Oh, I remember the stamps. Like it's kind of, that's the nostalgic thing. So I feel like yeah. it went away in my childhood, the stamping mm -hmm. of books. Yeah. I guess I dated myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, It's like it just, and I don't, I don't know. It was just a look, especially like in, um, textbooks at the school mm -hmm. you could find mm -hmm. like your older sibling or your a friend had this book the year before you're like oh hey i have your old textbook and like, that is a cool feeling in yes. it right now you don't get to really do that but <laughs> <laughs> no but you know the other thing that library card does is it mm -hmm. teaches responsibility it does and yes. it, you know every little baby step that we can teach a child to be responsible Mm -hmm. helps with the next level of responsibility. You don't wait till they're 16. You wait till, wow. you know, now that's a library card. You need to take care of that. Oh, don't worry. I will, mama. And they're like, okay, get your library card. Oh my God, I forgot where I put it. No, <laughs> but it is a good responsibility. It's a good beginning. It right. is. And they've also got to learn to take care of the books too. Like they borrow, mm -hmm. like, okay, mm -hmm. like, this is a library book. This is not one we own. You can't mess it up. This you can't have it around the water. You can't eat by it. Like this, you got to take care of it because it's not ours. It's borrowed, so you have to take it back, and it's got to be in good condition. So, Excellent point. Absolutely. Gosh, and it's the but that whole like their eyes get big when you tell them. That. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like this is a big deal. Like oh my gosh! <laughs> you got this. You got this. Absolutely. Um, so what do you have planned for the future with your, your writing and children's books? Um, so I have a book coming out in July. Mm -hmm. It's called, um, you're the second person I've been able to tell about it. Mm -hmm. So it's called Dylan, the curious bunny. And I'm just thrilled about it. And, mm -hmm. um, the artist is the same as with Charlie, Judy Godette. She's up in Maine and she's creating magic, having Dylan come alive, and um, so that'll come out in July mm -hmm. and it's with another publishing company. So I have three, I am so blessed. I have three publishers now. So this is yeah. Norrin's Triad Publications. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I feel very honored to uh, be with them. And um, then also OC Publishing, which was my very first publisher, is um, we're working on I mentioned earlier, I have a young adult historical fiction. So yeah. that's called Rise, A Girl's Struggle for More. Mm -hmm. And it's based on my grandma. Yeah. And um, again, it's historical fiction. It takes place in um, towns, you might already know them, called Oilton and Drumright mm -hmm. um, during the days of uh, the oil boom. Yeah. 
Oh. And uh, anyway, that book did so well. It was on Amazon's hot list for a little while. So that was pretty cool, right? At least yeah. I thought. And um, that she's had enough requests for people asking, so what happened to Ruby? What What's next, right? Oh. So um, I'm in the second edit of that book, and we hope to have it out in October. And so that'll take place uh, between Oklahoma and majority of it in um, Chicago. Ooh, so, that would be fun and yeah. an interesting read. So yeah. that's kind of like a good, it, it teaches history about our state too. So, Oh, it does. And um, matter of fact, I did my um, opening of the book at the Drum Wright Museum. Oh, so, yay. That know, is probably, awesome. Yeah. So and I'll probably do that again. So That would kind of be like a living history version in a way too. So <laughs> it was because a lot of things took place and, um, I'll just do a shout out. Drumright, Oklahoma has one of the best museums. Mm -hmm. And now the Smithsonian, I don't know if you know it or not, but the Smithsonian in DC loves everything at the Drumright Museum that it's made it part of the Smithsonian. Yeah. And Tammy Poser just works really hard. She yeah. and her group, the board, to um, make it one of the finest museums in Oklahoma. That is amazing. And yeah. that's going to go on my bucket list for. <laughs> so yeah. awesome. So if you could give a piece of advice to somebody who's just started their journey as an author, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, oh, my goodness. It took me so long to get published. And so no matter how many no's you get, you just keep writing because if you have fire in your gut and you know there's a story that you just have to get out, which is what I mean by fire in the gut, just, I mean, it took me years, just keep writing. And one day it's going to happen. You just have to believe in yourself. It's like in the book, A Time to Fly. Just don't give up. You can do it. Um, but I, one thing that I wished that I had known at the very beginning is I didn't know that authors can have publicists. I always think of movie stars, right? Yeah. And um, I didn't know there's people that specialize in authors. And so many years had gone by. And then finally I was in this one author group and join as many author groups and don't think you have to have your book published to be part of an author group. No, the authors, we stick together, we help each other and they mm. take you on a journey. It's so lovely. Um, they're not competing. We don't compete no, with no. each other. And um, so having a publicist, one that works with your personality, I would say is so lovely because they help you with that marketing because I even had an article published, uh, I guess, about maybe a month ago, and mm. it's called uh, Taming the Beast-Social Media. And, um, you know, we authors were not <laughs> made to sit there and market and do social media. And, and, of course, if you're from my generation, it's a whole new beast all in itself. But you can do it. But a publicist certainly helps. Yeah, I agree 100% there because it is like – it's social media is, it's a lot. So. <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> but Diane, go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers where they can find you and your work. 
Sure. So um, everyone, thank you for listening and watching, whichever way it is. And um, you can reach me at my website. That's the easiest because you can find all my social media from there. And it's Diane Floyd. It looks like Boheme, but it's BAME.com. So DianeFloydBAME.com. And for those who are listening on the radio, it's D-I-A-N-N-F-L-O-Y-D-B-O-E-H-M.com. Floyd's my maiden name and I promised my daddy I'd use it. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I hope I see you again. Yes. And thank you guys for listening. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe and we'll chat again soon. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to get future notifications when shows come out. Also, be sure to check out my website. I have a blog featuring this creative with some other fun and interesting questions. You can also subscribe to my newsletter there to stay up to date with all things The Chapter Goddess in Madeline Dale. Once again, thanks for watching and have a great rest of the day.